You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. TV. We are here discussing St. Patrick's Athletic. I am joined by Jerry Brown, our own correspondent, but he's obviously a Saints Pats fan, as you can see by the polo he's wearing there. And we're here discussing St. Pats, the preview for the season. I suppose we'll go back a little bit, Jerry, just to last season and just kind of obviously with the lockdown and stuff like that, the season was all over the place. But from a St. Pats point of view, Stephen O'Donnell's first gig. How have you found his stint in charge so far? Yeah, as I say, like last season, it's a funny one to kind of judge because it only ends up being 18 games. So it was only really half of what would be a normal season. You'd have to say it was disappointing. Uh, like only five wins in total last season. Three of them came after the restart, which you know isn't really kind of good enough. Didn't win any of the last four games when they got themselves in a good position to challenge for European football. I think we'll all remember that game. And they went up to Finn Park and lost 3-2 to Finn Harps. That was kind of really the death nail, I think, for European football. They got a couple of decent, respectable results throughout the course of the season, like taking a point off Dundalk home and away, particularly the away game, the impressive performance. Got a point away against Shamrock Rovers, but probably that was a game that could have been there for the take. And you were at it. Like, Rovers were getting presented with the trophies. So they were in parity mode. They were definitely there for the take. And they didn't grab it. So you have to say disappointing Went out with the cup of the first hurdle as well to Finn Harps. Signed Georgie Kelly uh, in that long COVID break. Thought that he was kind of going to fill the void of putting the ball on the back of net. Never really happened for him, unfortunately, last season. And just, yeah, it was a stop-start season. I think they only won back-to-back games twice away to Cork and previously before that home against Shells. So a sixth-place finish it was disappointing. And even though they went into the final day with a slim hope of European football, it was never really going to happen and it was a major disappointment to end up in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, because like, I think it's an ongoing thing with, with St. Pat's and you're probably fed up with me of hearing me say this. It's just, it's just so inconsistent. Like One week they can go out and do a performance, like you said, against Dundalk that night when uh, I think it was the first game back from lockdown. It was on TV. That was the first game back and they go out and put on a performance against Dundalk and then they'll go and lose to someone like bottom of the league or whatever they're just so inconsistent and you just never know what St. Pat's are going to turn up I feel yeah like that's a prime example that Dundalk game and then three or four days later they had a rearranged game at home against Derry that was called off from bad weather in the first half of the season they lose that 2-0 at home that just kind of sums up they never really kind of fully kick on from momentum um, as well like defensively they were pretty solid last season like they didn't really kind of concede too many goals I think um, I know when the league resumed after the first four or five games, they had the best defensive record in the league. And that's even when Shamrock Rovers had a 100% record. So it just shows how good defence they were. But just putting the ball in the back of the net the last couple of years has been really, really poor. It was an issue towards the tail ends of the Ian Buckley days. Harry Kenny never really seemed to solve it. And so far after, it's hard to say a season and a bit, considering that he only came in for the tail ends of the 2019 season and didn't get a full normal rattle of 2020. But Stephen O'Donnell so far hasn't fully addressed it. Maybe... Signing the likes of Ronan Coughlin, I know they brought in uh, a young lad, Melvin uh, Lambert, 18-year-old from Reading. He's had a bit of first-team football with them already. Maybe it can kind of help and kick-start, but I think that is the biggest problem, that if they can finally start putting the ball in the back of the net on a more regular basis, because I touched on defensively, it's never really a major issue. Yeah, well, just while you're discussing the transfers and stuff like that, we might as well um, shout out to Andrew Dempsey, who has actually put out a list of the transfers, and he's been updating it. Um, 
So we're using his list here on footballscope.blogspot.com. Um, so check that out for sure. Now, um, I suppose we're just going to go from the re-signs uh, first year, and then we'll go talk about the ins, and then we'll talk about the the outs. All right. So, um, so the re-sign: Dara Burns, Ben McCormick, Jamie Lennon, Ian Birmingham, Jason McLennan, Shane Griffin, Chris Forrester, Robbie Benson, Lee Desmond, Billy King, Kyle Robinson, Keen Corbley, Keen Kelly, Josh Keeley. So they've all re-signed, and then the ins are Ronan Coughlin, John Mountney, Sam Bone. Maddie Smith, uh, Jaros from Liverpool, I'm not going to try and say his first name, Alfie Lewis, Paddy Barrett, and um, Melvin Lambert, as you say, or Nahum Melvin, Melvin Lambert has here. Um, I don't know, I'm from Reading. So just talk me through from, from your own point of view, the sign is there, who you're most happy with, and obviously with the re-sign as well, who you're most happy with, because I imagine like the likes of Ronan Coughlin and stuff like that, we'd spoken saying that he's probably going to go to somewhere like Dundalk and then Pat him. So I think it was a actually really good signing. Yeah, the re-signs, I think definitely the one that uh, strikes out for me and just from talking to a couple of Pats fans is Biddy King. He had a pretty good debut season last year. He always looked exciting and prospect and always looked to try and make things happen, particularly that last game against when Bowles and when he needed a win to give us any chance of getting European football. He was one to few players that tried to make things happen, got the winner against Cork in a regular game. Good to keep hold as well, the likes of you know Jamie Lennon, who scored for Ireland on 3-1 towards the tail end of the season. Chris Forrester, Robbie Benson, I think there were signs towards the end of last season that they were starting to produce the talent that we know that they have. Ian Birmingham, I think this is what, his 10th or 11th season now. It's mad to think that he still is only 31, but he brings great experience there as well. Shane Griffin had an up and down kind of season, a bit like Pat Astra, but he is a league winner of Cork, so he brings a good bit of experience there. From the signings, you probably have to say the one that we're all going to hope that, you know, it's going to be the big difference is going to be the sign of the season is Ronan Coughlin because they touched on that is an issue for St. Pat's probably since Christy Fagan, you know, kind of tailed away back in 2015, 2016. He's a regular goal scorer and, you know, he's shown signs and potential and glimpses at Saiga Rovers. He had a good season with them last year. One of the top scorers in the league. Now, he still didn't get double figures, but I think we'll let him off the fact that he only had maybe half the games he normally will get. So that's the one I think we'd be hoping that can really take off. Matty Smith and Sam Bowen, they come from a good Waterford team from last year. They're both only in the early 20s, so it's good to kind of freshen up the squad as well. But they do bring plenty of experience. I think Sam Bowen was with um, Shamrock Rovers before as well. And John Mountney as well, similar one. Like He's been around a long time. I think he made his debut for Dundalk back in 2011-2012. But he's only recently turned 28, so he still would feel he's only coming into the prime of his career. He's a lot to offer. He's two European campaigns at a high standard in the Europa League group stages under his belt. Numerous league titles. Knows Stephen O'Donnell very well. Obviously, we'll even know the likes of um, Paddy Barrett, who was signed as well, former teammate of his, and Robbie Benson. So that would definitely help that you're getting players to have a winning mentality coming into the squad. Well, I think that's that's exactly it. You're bringing in players with a total different mentality who won things and know what it takes to win things, whereas maybe some of those players that have been there uh, have been good players but maybe haven't won trophies and stuff like that but i think with um with mountainy like i had a dundalk fan on with me yesterday and he was just saying like even be he was there even before stephen kenny was at dundalk and he was seemed to be like their go-to man in europe and stuff like that so the thing about mountainy is he could play center mid or right mid as well so he can play in different positions and, and as he played them well and i think with sam bone as well last season at waterford I'm pretty sure he's a centre midfielder, but last season at Waterford, he was playing at centre back and doing a really good job. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, right back, right back. Um, 
and he was doing a really good job of it. I, th- I actually think he's a really, really good, intelligent player. I think that's something that Stephen O'Donnell's brought in is like intelligent players who don't just play one position but can play in different positions and are good at them as well. Yeah, and like even if you can, as I just touched on there, the likes of like Robbie Benson probably would have been their standout signing heading into the 2020 season. Chris Forrester would have been the standout signing from the previous season. Like you could see kind of glimpses towards the end of last season. Like you were at a game where, where Benson scored a lovely header against Dundalk. Forrester scored a wonderful goal against Shelburne. I think another match that you were at. Like there definitely mm-hmm. was signs towards the end of last season that they were showing their potential and quality. And if these new players can kind of jet in and them type of players can kick on from where they finished off last season, like even Jamie Lennon, I think, ends up being Pat's player of the month for November. Then went on to score for the Ireland under 21. So there's plenty of talent and potential there, particularly in that midfield area for St. Pat's. So, if, you know, these new players can kind of jet in and click with them. It'd be great. Like pre season, it's always hard to really kind of read much into it. I never really do because Pat's always seem to have a very good pre season, but can be always kind of so starters to the league. So it's, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that they've beaten both first division teams quite comfortably. Definitely Wexford quite comfortably so far, but. It's just that kind of key thing, like if they can hit the ground running early on, like the fix for this isn't particularly kind. So they have to play the top three from last season all the way from home to opening five games. So they are going to be up against. Do you do you t- actually worry though from a goalkeeper point of view? You lost Brendan Clark, you lost Brian Marr, you lost um, Connor McCarrens. So you lost three keepers there. I know you brought in the lad from Liverpool, but are you, are you a little bit worried that? You know, you lost three really good goalkeepers there. And obviously, two of them were up and coming. Connor Cairns was training with the under-21s and actually was brought in to train with the Ireland squad a few times as well. Yeah, I remember this time last time we were having a discussion for last season's preview. and The debate was, like, who is going to be number one? Because as the feeling was, we had three good goalkeepers to choose from. You have Brendan Clark, who's been there, seen it all before with the club and with the league. And they touched on Connor Cairns and Brian Marr, both Ireland ex-underage players. And... Now all three are gone, which is really, really annoying and really frustrating. Like Brendan Carcom was a bit strange. He gets clear of the season, then he signs for Shelburne a day later. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure it's a sign you're delighted about. But yeah, like the Kearns and Mara situation, because you would have been feeling that like Clark, you know, it was only a matter of time probably before he finished up at Pat's anyway. You had two goalkeepers, one still a teenager, one in his early 20s. You're going to be in safe hands for years to come. And then you find yourself in a situation come November time and you don't even have a goalkeeper. But the Aros, like, it does come from a decent pedigree with Liverpool. He was on the bench for them a couple of times in the Champions League this year. Won an FAU Cup with them a couple of years ago as well. Team managed by Steven Gerrard. I think they won it on penalties. So, goes to show maybe he's a good shot stopper from ball being faced out from 12 yards out as well. And I think um, it could be an interesting season as well for... Um, of all the academy grad, uh, graduates who've got contracts signed, Connor Keeley, he was under 19 player of the season last Josh. year. Josh. Oh, sorry, Josh, sorry. I got the uh, first name wrong. Um, he was under 19 player of the season last year. The team that won the league. You'd think with the amount of fixtures it's going to be this year, with a lot of kind of rotation and stuff like that, it's probably going to be inclined to get a couple of chances. So it, it is going to be interesting. When it's not probably ideal. It's great and everything is that you're going into a season, you've got two goalkeepers that are young and they're going to be hungry and ambitious and probably got potential but none of them are, are tested at senior level yet which is a big concern going forward but hopefully like with you know a decent back four and experienced back four in front of them that will help them solve and settle in I think what what's going to help and as well is the fact that you're getting players coming through your own ranks as well so you're not going to have to go out and buy so many players like 
think you look through the list there, there's a lot of players that have been brought up from, from the younger ages and stuff like that. And I think Jero O'Brien's working hard with the underage there to start bringing it through players and, and it's it's really starting to show fruits of it. I mean, you, you look at Bowes and the way they work with St. Kevin's and the way they're bringing through players all the time. And I think it's about time now St. Pat's start bringing through the players and, and you know, hopefully they start shining for yourselves and, and for Ireland's sake as well. Yeah, I think same or Bowles have definitely uh, laid the tam- template over the last couple of years. The amount of problems and young players they brought through, and even Shamrock Rovers probably having the benefit of the fact they could get a second team in the first division last year, and what benefit that's going to stand to their younger players in years to come. I know they aren't there this year, but even just having the one year of senior football experience. But no, I touched on like that under nineteen team that won the league last year. Like even already there's early green shoots from that. Like Ben McCormack, I remember was player we were talking about this time last year. You know, he was part of that team. Dara Burns as well, another player, part of that team that featured last season as well. He likes a Kyle Robinson who got the winner in that final against Bowles. We mentioned uh, Josh Keeley, probably going to be one of them players that I think will probably benefit the most and get the most game time because of, you know, our inexperience in a goalkeeping situation. And then you have other players as well, like Keen Kelly and stuff like that. So it is encouraging and it is promising. I think on the 17 team as well got to the final of that league. I think they lost out in that as well. Um, so there is kind of good signs and it is encouraging that you can bring through your own players because when the day does finally come and we all pray for it, when you get fans back on the ground, like, you know, it's, it's a community sport in a lot of ways and, like, for fans to see players that, that they would know and face that they recognise and local boys, like, it, it always helps and always kind of keeps that strong connection between the players and the fans. This is the IFF TV podcast. We just want to take a quick break just to speak about our sponsors manscaped ah those are the screams that i would make when i would cut myself shaving before i knew about manscaped you need to try this out for yourself the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ifftv at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the right tools for the right job Men, start taking notes because it's time to reduce cuts on your nuts. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsess over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to shave in the shower too. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer that's changed their lives. They even include pics so you could see the smoothest for yourself and they aren't kidding. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off free shipping with the code IFFTV at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Support Manscaped because they support us. Thank you. This is the IFF TV podcast. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you look at it now, like uh, you actually did bring through a player last year, Luke McNally, who left and, and left for a, 
That's right. A nice yeah. fee for the club as well. So we might as well just talk. Let's just kind of lastly on the outs then, because we spoke about the ins and the resigns. But obviously, Brendan Clark, Connor Kearns, Dara Markey, Rory Feely, you're a mate. Uh, Jordan Gibson, James Duna, Paul Cleary, Luke McNally, success, Ed Edogan, Daniel Dobbin, and Kyle Robinson, who you mentioned there, has just gone to Wexford on loan. Uh, just obviously to get him some some senior football, I'd imagine. Yeah, big time, especially only 18 years of age. Yeah, I suppose, as I touched on already, like the Brendan Clark one, I think was one that kind of caught us all a little bit um, by surprise. Dara Markey, probably not too much of a surprise. I think he's kind of struggled to really kind of hold down his pace. No doubt about it. Like, he's shown before in the past with some of the wonder goals he scored that one against Derry. There is talent, there is potential there. But, you know, he's at the stage, I think, in his career, where he wants to become a regular at first-team level. So I don't think it was just something that he kind of grasped with both hands at Pat's. Luke uh, McNally, disappointing from the sense that, like, you know, as you mentioned, young player we brought through, got into Ireland on 21 squad, real leader at the back. But, like, when a, a club that's in League One and, the, you know, a club not only just in League One, but a team that got to the playoff final last year comes knocking on the door, I think it's very hard to turn down. As you mentioned there, a good fee as well. The club isn't going to turn that down as well. Like, uh, Jordan Gibson or, is a disappointing one because I was kind of impressed with him when he came in for the second half of last season, got a couple of goals. But he's gone to Cyber Overs to join Neen Buckley's resurgence there as well. And George Kelly, I know, was only on normal with us, but he's gone to Bohemians as a touchstone. Never really kind of quite happened for him. And Rory Feely, yeah, um, like who, that was his second spell back to the club last year. It was only his first year. You kind of felt maybe he might have stayed around, but as far as the attraction, the lore of, of going to Bohemians and what Keith Buckley's building, or Keith Long, sorry, is building there. Like his brother used to play for them as well. But, 10 years ago or so, so maybe just with a small bit of a family tie-in connection. But, yeah, some disappointing departures there as well. But I suppose that's part and parcel of the League of Ireland football that, like, with the one-year contract, you're always probably bound to lose four or five players at least every season. I think I think that's why it's actually good that he's got a fee for Luke McNally. I think it's important that yeah. clubs start getting fees for players. And I think that's the key thing about developing and blood and players through and that they are performing. And the League of Ireland is becoming that type of league now where people are... Look at Joe Hodge, for example, coming across to get development in a senior league because it's not, you know, it's not fellas trying to chop your leg off anymore. It is more of a development league now, which is a lot better because it allows players like, say, Luke McNally to flourish and maybe some of the younger lads that have, you know, made that list and even Ben McCormack, you know, didn't really do much last year, but maybe this year he'll get a bit more of a run and you can see what he's capable of because I think he was an underage player of the year at one stage. You know, he looks like he has a lot of ability and stuff like that. I just haven't really seen him play that much. At senior level, I've only ever really seen them coming off the bench in games that are either just over or they've already been beaten. So it's not a case where you can come on and change the game, you know? Yeah, I think you even just have to look at like a Pats in. It's like three players coming in and loan from Premier League, uh, from England and two of them being Premier League clubs. And as you touched on as well with Derry getting Joe Hodge, I think it even goes, goes to show how the perception of our league has now been treated across the water. That they are looking at like, this is actually a good league for you now to, to learn the game getting experience playing against all the men, but you're not going to get kicked or thrown around the place. You're, you know, you're going to get a chance to grow and develop yourself. Like as we touched on there, like Reading, like Selvin, uh, Melvin Lambert on loan to us, like he's played in cup competitions for their senior team this season. Like, you know, this is another opportunity for him to kind of kick on. Reading probably look at it that way. Same with Alfie Lewis, who's been a regular in, in West Ham's on the 23 side for the last five years. They're thinking now oh, this is probably the next step in your, in your progression. Made the bench for their senior team in one game last season against Chelsea. So it is good to kind of say that like English clubs are now kind of thinking like, oh yeah, 
send you on loan there, but it's not just for the, for the sake of it. It's and we do think it is going to be a good benefit for you because like the standard of the league and we see ourselves from watching week in week out there's no more like kind of long ball hoop ball a lot of teams now do try and keep the ball on deck play football it's a more open expansive game which is good and encouraging to see mm. the only thing I think that lets the players down is the pitches it's not the football it's yeah. just football can be good but sometimes it's hard to play on a bobbly pitch and you're trying to play out from the back and stuff like that but you can definitely see signs of progress within the terms of football and philosophies of the new managers coming in and stuff like that as well. But I think even some lads from Cork last season came in um, from from Arsenal, Joseph Olawu, and then you had uh, Dijan Darling, I think he was from QPR. So th- it is seems to be an ongoing trend now of players coming across the water and, and trying to test themselves in the league. And you've seen players like Jack Byrne go on and develop after coming home because it's a, it's a league in which if you do need to get the ball down and play. And Rovers are the template for everybody else. The way they play football is brilliant and the way they change it up during the game. I just think Stephen Bally is a really good manager, but enough about Shamrock Rovers. Just on St. Pat's then, just in your own point of view, what would be a successful season for St. Pat's this year? Uh, quite simply, one way or another it has to be get back into European football. We haven't qualified outright for a European spot since the 2015 season. That's six years ago. I know there was one year we got in there because of, there was issues with Waterford. But um, no, it has to be to get back into European football. I think there is a good chance this season. I think the way the league is looking this year, like Rovers with their recruitment, despite losing Jack Byrne, like they look in a very, very strong and stable position. I don't really see anyone majorly challenging them. So I could see them win the league by 10 plus points this season. Like Bowles and Dundalk obviously still have a couple of good players and strong experience, but they've lost a couple as well. So I think there is an opening, there is a chance there. Like the view will be maybe Saigo slightly overachieved last year. Now they've recruited quite well, but they could be caught on the hop of maybe one eye in Europe this season. Derry are a funny side. You never really know what you want to get with them. They kind of seem to be good one season, bad the next season. They had a disappointing season last year, so they might take a little bit of looking at this year. Waterford, you don't really know what's going to get there. They've lost so many players, new manager coming in. Kevin Sheedy, he seems to be getting a lot of players. Again, another example, seems to be getting a lot of players on loan from championship clubs in England. So players there that might be technically gifted, but unsure of the league. And then you're probably thinking Finn Harps and the two new boys are going to be battling it for uh, survival. So I think it has to be the aim for European football. My mentality the last couple of years, I always felt this is going to be the season we're going to get back in. Like we signed really well, pre-season's going really well. All the vibes in summer really kind of happened. So I'm going to maybe just take a backward step this year and kind of go in with kind of no expectations and just kind of see what happens. And maybe if I kind of put it out there saying that I don't think we're going to get Europe, I might finish fifth. I might end up uh, being wrong and I hope I am being proven wrong. But European football has to be the aim this year, but I'm not 100% sure whether we'll just have enough to get there. Okay, well, I do have to actually get a actual position that you would you think that you'll finish. So you can have a, like a, your head says this and your heart says that, which is what Kieran did yesterday. So where you think Pats will actually finish, whether it's where you want them to finish and then where you actually think they'll finish? Uh, I'll be the first man to hold my hand up if I'm wrong and saying this and I have no problem in a minute, but I think Pats will finish fifth. I think we'll just miss out on Europe. Okay, so well, look, it is it is a hard one to predict with Pats, yeah. I, I think anyway, because I think sometimes they could be definitely competing for third spot. I think they could. I think they have the squad every year to do that. But whatever happens, they just, in some games, they just lose the run of themselves. And uh, maybe, look, if they can add goals to the defensive um, capabilities that they showed towards the back end of last season, then you never know. 
because they seem to yeah. be showing up goals but just not putting it in the opposition's net and if they can do that then who's to say they can't finish up towards the European places 100% and I've touched on there as well like the start of the season isn't the kindest obviously you have to go to Rovers away on the opening day and they also touched on Dundalk away and Bohemians away all grounds we don't have a good record in and the opening five games of the season. So them two home games sandwiched in between a home against Strata and Derry are crucial for me. If we get six points from them, it kind of takes the pressure off and they'll leave us kind of nicely and comfortable in mid-table. And look, you never know, we might sneak a draw. We, we drew actually away with both Charlotte Rovers and Dundalk last year, so we might get another draw there as well. Like just before the first series of games ends, like a couple of crucial home games as well against Waterford and Longford. We can kind of win our first four home games, so I think are all very winning, but that's going to leave us with 12 points and then you'll be kind of inclined to think we should pick up something along the way on the road and that would definitely help heading into the second quarter of the season. Fingers crossed, obviously, all going well with, with the vaccination programme and stuff like that, that we will get through the full round of four round of fixtures this season. Yeah, and then hopefully by the second round we'll have fans because I think that's what Jonathan yeah. Hill has been aiming at, but uh, whether that happens or not is obviously remains to be seen so far. But I think, I think you're right, if... If Pats can start the season off well, I know you said they've got a really tough run in at the start, but if they can manage to get a few decent results, and then obviously if they're playing teams that are a bit weaker than the months that picked up results, then, then you just never know. I think it's all about getting uh, a good start to the season, considering it obviously is it's not as, as many fixes as you would obviously like, but um, I think it's about hitting the ground running more so than anything else, you know? Yeah, big time, and... You ever know as well, maybe we could be in a good position that we can have a good cup run. It's been a long time since a good cup run. 2016 semi-finalists. It's the last time we can say we actually done well in the cup competition. Yeah. Well, Jay, I just want to say thanks very much for taking the time out. Uh, it's good to talk about St. Pat's. I know you love talking about them. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a good season preview. I hope uh, all St. Pat's fans get a chance to listen to this. And whether they agree or don't agree, let us know in the comments what you think. If you've anything to add on that, Jay, feel free. No, I think I've, I've had it all said there. Probably I'm going to come in for a bit of a backlash for not talking so say, yeah, yeah, we'll get Europe. Like, but like I said, I'm hoping that we go in with that kind of mentality of kind of like with low expectation that you'll end up being happy instead of with high expectation and being disappointed. Yeah, I know all about that being an Everton and Shells fan. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, guys, don't forget to drop a like on the video and don't forget to subscribe as well. We'll have more videos and more season previews with other fans as well. Make sure to check them out and we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for watching. This is the IFF TV Podcast. Like, rate and subscribe.